ffradio.org. What do you like about Radio Catskill? I like anything that NPR puts together. From NPR in general, uh, definitely be wait, wait, don't tell me. This American Life. Yeah, This American Life is really good. Okay. Yeah. And I kind of just keep it on in my car at all times. Okay. Well, thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Right on. Enjoy your day. We've heard from so many of your neighbors. Now we need to hear from you. Give now at WJFFradio.org. Support for WJFF Radio Catskill comes from the River Reporter newspaper in Narrowsburg, New York, riverreporter.com. From the Women's Health Center in Homesdale, Hamlin, Waymart, Carbondale, and Lords Valley in Pennsylvania. Physicians and certified midwives who deliver. The Women's Health Center is a Wayne Memorial Community Health Center, wmh.org. And from listener donations at wjffradio.org. And good evening. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Vets. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg, and this is where we discuss, as you know, vet-centric topics, the good, the bad, and the ugly, in the hope that our listeners will better understand our veterans, our veterans will know that they're not alone, and perhaps, just perhaps along the way, we'll learn a little something about each other. We sincerely hope to accomplish that mission and some of the opinions expressed herein are mine alone as a veteran. Don't blame Jason. Good afternoon, Jason. Hey there, Doug. Thank you so much for being here live in studio. Okay. It's my pleasure. And thank you for absolving me. Okay. Okay. You are absolved. (laughs) Go in peace, my son. So you want me uh, to hit this again, or should I give the phone number? No, let's give the phone number. Okay. 845-482-4141. 845-482-4141. Call now and give Mm. uh, what you can during Let's Talk Vets. You can also go to WJFFradio.org. And, uh, Doug, I can imagine you've got a number of listeners who aren't in our immediate FM listening area. Yes. uh, And people who might not be listening now might be listening on the archive after the fact or on the podcast. Yes, yes. um, Anytime you want, you go to WJFFradio.org and you can donate. But when you click Donate Now... Look for Let's Talk Vets. You can right, even search right. Vets. It'll pop up and uh, make the donation through that so that uh, Doug knows that you're supporting his show. Yeah. So we're here in the studio this evening. As you know, we're in the middle of a fun drive. And this is, I'm very proud to say, our 66th edition of Let's Talk Vets. Since the summer of 2018, your generous support has enabled us to bring this program to you. And tonight... We're going to have a little fun. We're going to focus on the creative side of area veterans. The ability to create has proven to be invaluable to many vets struggling with the scars of war and reintegrating into society, a transformation which is hard for some of us. And it may be a vehicle to allow our vets to put into words or music or painting their innermost feelings. It may be a way to reinvent themselves and to have a new purpose. It may be all of the above. So tonight... We're pleased to bring you some examples. What you'll hear tonight is written and musical in nature, but there are many more examples of creative genius and ingenuity of our veterans. You could say they continue to serve us all by creating that which provides understanding, food for thought, and enjoyment while helping themselves heal and readjust. So before we get into the weeds too deeply, here is Dawn Shaw, director of the Hudson Valley VA Healthcare System, with this edition of Your VA Today. At VA Hudson Valley, we've dedicated Women's History Month in March as a tribute to the contributions and dedication of women frontline workers. This includes the brave women who served during this pandemic, either as active duty or as veterans, and the women VA employees who stepped up to serve veterans. Women have a long history of commitment to healing in different cultures of the world and as medical personnel throughout the history of the U.S. military. This March, we recognize and thank women veterans and acknowledge the sacrifices they make to serve others during these unprecedented times. Women have been healers and warriors in military activities for centuries. 
During World War I, women served on the front lines as nurses, ambulance drivers, and relief workers. More than 59,000 nurses served on the front lines in the Army Nurse Corps during World War II. They served under fire in field hospitals, on hospital trains and hospital ships, and as flight nurses on medical transport planes. Throughout both world wars and in the Korean and Vietnam conflicts, many women faced discrimination and criticism when they prioritized serving their country over taking care of their families. But women persisted despite criticism. Women became leaders within their units, top physicians at hospitals, chief nurses, educators, trainers, scientists, and medical directors. During this ongoing pandemic, VA Hudson Valley has seen our frontline women healthcare workers find solutions to unprecedented problems and manage complex systems and programs, all while distributing thousands of vaccine doses and continuing to provide high-quality care to our veterans. Women serve with the gift of compassion as healthcare workers, teachers, law enforcement officers, community volunteers, caregivers, and more. Women provide healing and hope and are a beacon of light to their families, workplaces, and neighborhoods. This month and every month, we will always be grateful, for, and proud of our frontline workers. We also want our local women veterans to know that VA Hudson Valley is proud to serve them. We work hard every day to ensure they only receive the highest quality care, and it's never too late to take advantage of the comprehensive health care services you've earned. At VA Hudson Valley, we offer women's health primary care, mental health support, on-site gynecology services, preventative screening, maternity care, and many more services and programs to support the heroic women who sacrifice so much for us. Please reach out to our Women Veterans Program Manager, Dorothy Trimmer, at 845-831-2000, extension 215658, to find out more about what we offer. We're looking forward to hearing from you and can never thank you enough. Happy Women's History Month from everyone at VA Hudson Valley. Okay, Dawn, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, okay. So um, I got to add a little note to uh, our VA update. Uh, On March 14th, the Department of Veterans Affairs released an asset and infrastructure review, or the AIR report, which caused a lot of consternation in the area. Um, The recommendations within the report are a result of years of research and analysis by VA's healthcare system and the veteran population. So all the consternation, there were actually demonstrations because one of the things that's being considered in the report is the closing of Castle Point. And toward that end, I, I called our friend Dawn Shaw and their uh, public affairs officer, Cullen Lyons, and I got the official report, which has been played several times on uh, WJFF during the week, but I'm going to do it one more time to make sure that you have the facts, not the innuendo or not what you've heard from someone in passing. So there's been a lot of conversation locally about VA's recommendation to close Castle Point in Wappingers Falls, New York. And when speaking about this recommendation, it's incredibly important to reference one of VA's recommendations that hasn't gotten much attention, and that's establishing a new state-of-the-art facility in the vicinity of Fishkill before closing Castle Point. The new site would be approximately five miles away from Castle Point's current location and able to address uh, current and future outpatient demands for the Hudson Valley region. Now, the proposed new facility would be modernized and designed to deliver high-quality health care that feeds the needs of the veteran and uh, that they serve and eliminating operation and maintenance cost of Castle Point VA Medical Center. Now, the hospital was built in 1923, and the current infrastructure and layout do not meet modern health care standards. Annual operating and maintenance costs at Castle Point are an estimated $7.6 million, and a recent assessment estimates it would cost upwards of $115 million to renovate the facilities to the minimum standards. 
So in short, these recommendations represent a massive investment that will make VA stronger and fortify their ability to deliver timely, world-class health care so that veterans uh, get the care they rightly deserve. It's important to note that any recommendations in this uh, report or the commission that are upcoming, nothing is changing for now. Veterans access to VA health care or VA employees at Castle Point. Any potential changes to VA's medical health care infrastructure will be several years away and are, of course, dependent upon commission, presidential, and congressional decisions, as well as robust stakeholder engagement, veterans, that's you, and caregivers, and planning. So they look forward to gaining input and insight from their local veterans and communities, and uh, I'm sure that will be the case as the purpose uh, progresses. Most of all, they look forward to caring for our veterans for years to come. So that being said, yesterday was Vietnam Veterans Day. And uh, along the, the uh, theme that Dawn stated, National Women's uh, History Month, um, I had the, the pleasure of attending a uh, reception in honor of Vietnam veterans at the, um, the um, headquarters of, of, yeah, in Chittenango, New York, and it's, uh, it's an outreach for veterans. Clearpath Clear is the name of the organization. Thank you. And um, I had talked to the new Hudson County uh, representative down here, and we had aired an interview, but I went up there yesterday to see the facility, and it's magnificent. Anyhow, the keynote speaker was a husband and wife. She was a nurse in Vietnam. He was a combat, uh, I believe, a Marine who was wounded in Vietnam, and ended up. she ended up caring for him at Walter Reed. And ultimately, they got together, and the rest is history. It was a fascinating story, and we're going to bring that to you on a future Let's Talk Vets. Okay, so recent events in the Ukraine, of course, have captured everybody's focus and opened a big box of memories for many people. And many vets have painful reminders of their experience. For some, it is an eerie replay of the events leading up to World War II, as another war criminal pursued his quest to remake and control the geopolitical landscape of the globe. For me, a non-combat Vietnam-era veteran had brought back memories of a couple of occasions during my service in the USAF, Strategic Air Command, when uh, our Minuteman 3 ICBM wing was put on high alert. And for those of us who lived through the Cold War years, years of the 50s and 60s, the fears of our childhood, living under the threat of nuclear annihilation, but alas, <clears throat> I'm no longer nine years old, and I no longer have a school desk under which to duck and cover. So, uh, when we think about or discuss war, we automatically think in terms of overall conflict and notable campaigns. However, this unprovoked, illegal, and brutal assault on sovereign Ukraine has underscored for us all the real cost of war, and that is the civilians, the wives, the sisters, mothers, fathers, grandparents, and the children and the men remaining behind to use whatever weapons available to repel a brutal army to save their country. The senseless carnage, for what? So that a warped dictator can relive his glory days and restore his beloved Soviet Union. I wonder how many citizens, Jason, in this country would be willing to take up arms to defend this country if the roles were reversed. I'm just, uh, it's a rhetorical question. So, um, I wonder if our president would exemplify the same courage under fire as President Zelensky. And I wonder how many members of Congress and the Senate would stand front and center in defiance of a hostile invasion. Something to think about. To make sure the true cost of war remains front and center, our friend Larry Winters has this sobering suggestion. Every community in America could have a billboard as you enter the community that lists those soldiers killed in combat and a list of those soldiers and vets who have taken their own lives. This is the true cost of the bounty we all enjoy in the land of the free. 
Vietnam vets who have committed suicide are now far beyond the 58,000 killed in the war. Today's soldiers from Iraq and Afghanistan wars that committed suicide is five times the number killed in combat. Is the media making enough of the suicides occurring in the military and in the veteran population? And is the public able to tolerate listening? I refuse to believe folks don't care that their loved ones, friends, and community members are choosing death over living. No one institution seems to know why the numbers are so high. But it is all too obvious that some of what is going on is the after-effects of war, as well as soldiers' fears of a second or third deployment. It may be facing a war that started when many of today's recruits were eight or nine years old. Some soldiers may feel shame or fear for not wanting to go to war that a country supports, so instead they kill themselves. I really don't know, and I don't think anyone else does either. Do soldiers and vets who take their own lives belong on the same honor roll that the dead combat soldiers are on? I say yes if we acknowledge the moral and psychological ramifications created by war on soldiers. The military and government must stop trying to explain these human sacrifices with confusing statistics. In the minds of suicide victims, there are a panoply of reasons, from guilt, rage, betrayal, love for those who they feel do not deserve living with their torment. For some, they may need a moral payback for lines that they feel they may have crossed. These men and women do not deserve judgment from the society that they once protected. Larry Winters, ex-Marine, licensed mental health counselor. Larry has been a contributor to this program on many occasions, and his stuff is written out of his own experience, and he is um, a valuable guy uh, in explaining what folks go through. And we're here to make sure that pieces like that and other information of a lighter scale continue to be able to get to you, and uh, we could use all the help you can give us at 845-482-4141. Did you need to say something, Jason? I just say, also, people go online, wjffradio.org. And I just want to say, uh, uh, because you're here, what a phenomenal job that Doug Sandberg does and how grateful we are here at Radio Catskill. Doug Sandberg does this program here on our radio station. And it would be great for you to support this show while he's actually here tonight so he can see that you're supporting it. Call 845-482-4141. All sovereign nations must defend themselves and do so with a well-maintained, trained, and standing military establishment. But what exactly do we mean when we say well-trained? Well, any vet will tell you what training is about, especially basic training. And we're certainly trained in the basics of military life, self-defense, and, of course, how to do the unspeakable and kill the enemy if necessary. Those of us that did not see direct combat uh, supported those who did and none of us was trained to deal with the inevitable damage produced when the mind and conscience cannot reconcile something seen, done, or not done in battle, re resulting in moral injury, also known as post-traumatic stress disorder. Some simply consider our wounded warriors damaged, someone to be pitied or feared. That may well be a way to label this complex affliction, but it's certainly oversimplified and extremely shallow and ignorant to say at the least. Jack Murphy is a Vietnam vet who got really tired 
of getting sage advice from those well-meaning folks without a clue. The most dramatic thing that happened in our life It altered our minds and disrupted our lives Sounds we heard we can never admit But the worst thing we hear now Is get over it 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 It doesn't go away we try It visits us each night And makes us wake up and cry The nightmares, the dreams The hurt we're feeling inside The loneliness, the nervousness We take it all in stride Nobody seems to care Nobody gives a shit All we ever want to tell us is Get over it Get over it Get over it Get over it Get over it, Get over it. We're in a twilight zone Remembering the nights we heard The screams and the shouts The darkness of the night Can take us back again To a place not one of us ever wanted to be in Nobody wants to hear about it It puts them in a snit all they want to tell us is get over it, get over it, get over it, don't say get over it, get over it, it never goes away, God knows we all have tried to make it disappear and to give us peace of mind but it doesn't go it has a hold on us we'll have to learn to live with it until we all turn into dust so never ever say those words they just don't fit never Some thoughts from another vet. Now, some vets suffered a physical injury which prevented them from performing their primary military occupation specialty, MOS, and accordingly were discharged with some degree of disability. However, many feel that they should be allowed to continue to serve in another role, as do others with physical or psychological limitations, especially in our private and public sector, uh, where they must adhere to the Americans with Disabilities Act. However, our military is evidently not bound by the same rules. Uh, I do understand that uh, if you have, I believe it's 12 or 14 years of active military service, that they will try to accommodate you. In any case, our friend Marty Klein from Woodstock, New York, contracted a rare eye disease while serving in the United States Air Force and was discharged and uh, subsequently afterwards became totally blind. Marty wrote this next song to underscore what he felt was his key 
to survival. And a note of interest, the harmonica work, I believe, is John Sebastian from The Love and Spoonful. Have the will to survive If I get what I need to stay alive And I don't indulge In feeling so deprived I gotta make a move To get myself satisfied Satisfied And you have the will to survive Yes you do If you get what you need to stay alive That's right And if you don't indulge in feeling so deprived You gotta make a move to get yourself also uh, had started a movement called Why Can't We Serve and actually produced a feature film on the, uh, on the subject. So it's some really interesting stuff. It's, you see what the vets are doing. I mean, so here's a guy that's totally blind, um, and he's found a way to have a new identity, a new useful purpose. And the movement kind of... Um, idled for a while, but they're looking to resurrect it. So they're looking for um, a grant writer to help them resurrect the movement and start uh, showing the film around the country again. So needless to say, everybody, especially vets, have their own unique story. This next piece, uh, Dale Weiss, also from Woodstock, is no exception, a Vietnam vet, was assigned to a recon team and wounded shortly after his first tour began. And as any vet will tell you, the end of one journey is the beginning of another. And for Dale, it was a journey through rehab, struggles with physical and psychological souvenirs of war, um, you know, dealing with that after the, after the fact, and trying to remain fairly anonymous as a veteran in the midst of the hatred for the people that, did what they were sent to do during Vietnam and trying to fly under the radar, as it were. Anyway, he went on to earn a degree in engineering and ultimately found founded a publishing company with his wife, Allison Koffler. And it has an interesting title. It's called the Post Traumatic Press. And uh, this is a place where vets can publish their work or buy work from other vets 
and read and gain understanding of the issues involved. So here's a small sample of Dale's work. We've got uh, something ranging from the whimsical to stark reality. Your wife is a poet, yes. Alison Koffler. Yes, Alison Koffler. And with your wife, and you are the co-founder of, and I thought this was a pretty clever title, the Post-Traumatic Press. Yes, my uh, one moment of genius in my life. <laughs> I was just coming up with that name. It all kind of started when I actually first met Allison. I had gone through a divorce, and I met Allison, I guess, in, it was 97. And I think I was going through the following year or the year after, I was going through a trauma-based uh, therapy group in Manhattan. When it was coming down to the last session, she sprung on as a therapist that we're going to take it. I just got a bus, and next week we're going to go down to the Vietnam Memorial. And I said, hell, I'm not going down there. Uh, I think all memorials glorify war. Uh, I've since changed my mind on that. But I came home, and I was ranting and stuff, and my uh, Allison said to me and gave me a piece of paper and uh, actually a journal and gave me a, a pen and told me I should write it out. <clears throat> so that's when I started writing. When I was uh, close to fifty years old, uh, it's never never too late. Yeah, and I found it uh, one of the most amazing gifts anybody ever gave to me was was Allison giving me this this gift of of this journal and pen and giving me not permission is the wrong word, but gave me this uh, strength to really look at something that I've been looking away with, even though I've been through therapy and everything else. It was it, and it's hard work. It's hard work, and I sat down and I opened up that box of demons and I wrote about it. But then I'm also able to close the box of demons when I'm finished and I'm able to have a relationship and have a relationship with my children uh, and be in the community. And uh, make a long story short, I was doing a reading with a, a couple other guys and so I said, hey, I'll put something together. And so I went down to Staples, made multiple copies and folded it in half and stapled it. And that was my first publication and uh, since then, I've uh, done multiple publications, uh, uh, in the beginning, mostly all veterans-based, and now it's uh, kind of blossomed into other subject, nature, vegetarianism, uh, all kinds of stuff. So, well, you got a couple of books, poems and other stuff, and ba uh, yes. Basic Load. Basic Load, yeah, that's an army term, uh, Basic Load, what you carry. So I, I did write a, a series of Odes to things I carried in Vietnam, kind of the Tim O'Brien book, the thing they carry. You've you've uh, you've done quite a lot of that. How long's that been going on? Since what, two thousand four? Yeah, two thousand. I think I did my first uh, book, and uh, uh, I do it here in the house. Most of them now I kind of outsource it with their bigger books. Uh, I can do smaller chapbooks of twenty-four to forty pages. Does your wife do uh, some of this work with you, or? Uh, yes, yeah, she's uh, kind of my copy editor, and also um, she's a very good at design, so a lot of the covers she does. I'm going to read you one. It's called Ode to P-38. No, not the P-38 Lightning aircraft, nor the German semi-automatic pistol. You're a field ration can opener, officially opener, comma, can, comma, hand, comma, folding, comma, type 1. You were small and light to carry, hinged, nickel-plated, hardened steel, cheap, petite, one and a half inches long. You adorned my dog tag chain like a ring, my steady, around the block a few times, World War II, Korea, and me, Vietnam. Environmentally friendly, lightweight, you're human-powered, no batteries for you, open, Sea rations, bottles, strip wire, clean boots, fingernails, a great marking tool. Once scaled a fish, do you remember? We parted that fall night, 24th of VACT Hospital. My last vision of you around my neck, resting on my dog tags. Never saw you again. I think of you often, my love. But as we both know, it was temporary. Heard about your retirement with the adoption of MREs. Thank you for everything, for penetrating all those sea rats. Never been able to buy myself an electric can opener. 
a little darker. I was a dancer once, paid attention to the high grass, learned to dance that dark rumba. I take my time, choose the right partner with the utmost of care, softly hold my weapon in my palm to feel its oily hardness, to smell it, a stench, a tang that only another soldier can sense. Come dance with me in the wood line, under the moonlight. Take your position. Open your black wings. Backwash. Dreamt I was in Walt Disney's Fantasia, the six dancing mushrooms and me, the little mushroom at a step, the reluctant boy soldier. Still hear the deafening chopper noise. See the way the backwash whipped the elephant grass, blowing off the roof, exposing the two women. So many left behind on so many wars. Jack Murphy wrote another song, A Veteran's Pledge, expressing our oft-spoken promise to never forget those left behind. Indeed, profound words. You're listening to Let's Talk Vets on WJFF, where we would be proud to take your pledge at 845-482-4141 or online at wjffradio.org. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg, with our program director, Jason, and we're... uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, glad to be here with you, Doug. Just uh, I'm listening to the show as I'm helping engineer it here, yep. and it's very, very enjoyable. And a very fine, fine job you're doing. You make it look and easy. I'm, I'm remembering well, and you did all the work planning it out. But you know, <laughs> I'm remembering when when I heard when I first heard some of these guys. You know, come on, yeah. and and yeah. uh, um, so so anyway, and then some of these things I haven't heard, uh, or at least didn't pay this close attention to. So it's really great. And what occurs to me, and yes. 
we're just stopping for a moment. This is still Let's Talk Vets, but we do need your support here at Radio Catskill, 845-482-4141. When we get back into the programming, if you want to give us a call, that number is 845-482-4141 or go to WJFFradio.org. I just want to point out, this is the sort of thing, this show, the fact that this is here serving the veterans community in our region. Um, it's the sort of thing that really only happens on public radio. And Doug can actually attest to that firsthand. You know, oh, yeah. he tried yeah. to do it uh, elsewhere and wound yep. up uh, coming here. Yeah, we did a Veterans Day special for another radio station, which is an iHeart radio station. And they did 10 one-hour one segments, 10 vets on great. Veterans yeah. Day, which is cool. And um, it's called Vets Rock. And um, I did it two years in a row. And the second year I... I wrote a, a little executive summary for the VP of programming, and I said, why don't we consider a veterans radio show every month? And um, he said, well, would you want to be paid? I said, no, I, I'll do it, you know, gratis. It's it's worth doing. But I said, we do Veterans Day. There's parades and barbecues, and then we, we put the veterans back in a jar, set them back on the shelf, and we'll do it again next year. And we move on to the next month of, of recognition for whatever it is. Right, and I said you need something to sustain it if you're really serious about it. So ultimately, he came back and he said we discussed it, but the uh, the board feels that it doesn't fit our format. And I said you understand, but for veterans, you wouldn't have a format. You get that right? <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of that. And then uh, fast forward to 2018, and I came here to ride the board on Thursday mornings, I think it was. And right, then and then and then I sit down and I talk to, to Doug, and I'm like, you want to do what? And then yeah. he explains it, I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Here we are. 845-482-4141. Make your donation. We're looking for your support at WJFFradio.org. Go there, click donate now, WJFFradio.org. Make a donation through the Let's Talk Vets page. If you don't have anything to give, take that link, share that with other folks. You spread the word about Let's Talk Vets and the fun drive. So in the beginning, we opened with a poem from Larry Winters uh, called Billboard, and it was his uh, expression of what should be done to keep the true cost of war front and center. And, you know, that's about those who were killed, right, and, and a lot who were injured. But there's another group, a whole group of people that are equally as affected, if not worse, by the baggage that these men and women bring home. And uh, too often we boil down the cost of war to casualties, money, body count, territory gained or lost. But it's much hard to, harder to quantify the true cost of war and, it, and its human carnage. So here's a couple of pieces for you before we close tonight. Larry Winters expresses some of the cost in two words, I killed for you is a very stark dialogue between a returning vet and those who remain as it was back in the world. I killed for you. You killed for me. You may not have asked me to, but I killed for you. I didn't ask you to, but you killed for me. I didn't ask to go to Vietnam. I didn't ask you to go to Vietnam. I didn't support the war. I wasn't sure where or what war was. Still, I killed for you and for me. Still, you killed for me. I killed for you while you paid your taxes. You killed for me when I was 12 years old. You watched me kill on TV while you were eating cheeseburgers. You killed for me while I played make-believe with my friends and dreamed of who I'd someday marry. I killed for you while you were protesting that I was killing for you. You killed for me as I overheard the news of the growing number of lives lost and subconsciously wondered about the ache in my parents' hearts. I killed for you while you avoided the draft, while you ran off to Canada. You killed for me while I rode my bicycle, swam, and went to church without fear. I killed for you as you waited in line at the supermarket, when you were out getting drunk, after you got your first good job after college. Well, you enjoyed free love. I was killing for you. You killed for me as I worried about my wrist turning green, 
instead of about the soldier whose name was etched into the band I wore. As I cheered for my football team and the man on the moon, but not for you. You killed for me. I have carried pain for you. You have carried pain for me. Guilt for you. Guilt for me. Shame for you. Shame for me. For all the killing I did for you. For all the killing you did for me. When I came home, you expected me to heal for you, to get on with my life for you, to be productive for you, to marry you, to raise children for you, and most of all, to forget for you. When you came home, I didn't notice. It's taken me 37 years to realize you were gone. I'm deeply sorry for the years of suffering you've endured, and I weep, knowing the pain in your soldier heart, because you killed for me. So those who have sustained the moral injuries, um, also known as PTSD, are forever haunted by echoes of the experience, but as we said, they're not alone. And this next piece expresses that extremely well. November 15th. My wife, long after the battle sounds have ricocheted off the homes and run headlong into the desert, exhausting their last vibrations of terror, they can be heard in those whose blood they have entered, in the chambers of the heart, They've been amplified for life, becoming the background of every living action. My husband, the battle sounds are in our home, at our dinner table, in our bed. With my ear to your chest, I hear the concussion in your blood. My wife, the tender words of mother, father, wife, and children have become welcome rhythms of healing, but my war bones will vibrate for life. My husband, I thought the nighttime whispers of our children would feed your trust. But no, our son walks like you, shoulders hunched for attack. Our daughter holds your hand when you sleep in the chair. Such courage she has. My wife, there is nothing as loud as a cannonade or a rifle shot hitting its target or a rocket's whistling or the whisper of a dying soldier or the echo of a wounded child or the silence at our dinner table back home. My husband, your body screams for God to touch you. Your soul, a great bear, wraps its arms around you, trying to rock you to sleep. My wife, where is he, the one who sings with thunder in the heavens, who fans the wind with his tongue, who spins the seasons in the sky? My husband, morning comes. All of us are alive, still with you in the trench. My husband, when will you listen to us instead of for him? And that is going to bring us almost to the end. Our thanks to Don Shaw, Director of Hudson Valley VA Healthcare System, Larry Winters, Jack Murphy, Dale Weiss, Marty Klein, and to you joining us once again. Please let your friends know about this program and share with us your comments and suggestions for future shows. Also, send us your upcoming events so we may talk about them on the air. Drop me an email at vets at wjffradio.org. If you or someone you know is experiencing anxiety or need to speak to someone, here's some numbers to jot down. The Veterans Crisis Line, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1 to talk to someone. 
You can send a text message to 838255 to contact a VA responder, or you can start a confidential online chat session at veteranscrisisline.net forward slash chat. Don't forget, Let's Talk Vets is now widely available as a podcast. Until our next formation, thank you for listening. Thank you for your service. We're going to take you out tonight with a story song, again, from our friend Jack Murphy. The Promise by Jack Murphy, a Vietnam vet, is the true story of two soldiers returning home. One came home in a body bag, and the other finally kept the promise he made so long ago. Good night. You had said to me during our conversation that The Promise was your first song, correct? Yes, that's right. All right, so tell us your story about that song. Well, I had always wanted to write a song, to try and write a song about, uh, you know, my experience in Vietnam. And for 24 years, it just wouldn't happen. And then uh, one night I sat down, picked up the guitar, and within 15 minutes I had The Promise. Okay, was that based upon a real-life experience and and somebody that you knew or a friend that you... Uh, friendship yes. that developed in Vietnam? Yes, exactly. And what was his name? Albert J. Carrier III. And he was somebody that you knew from home or somebody that you met over there? No, somebody I met over there. Okay. We had both gotten over there about the same time, so we became friends. Okay, so the, but the song is so typical of probably so many other experiences. Oh, yes, I'm sure. On a bunker evening breeze we sat and talked and watched the trees we talked to home and the girls we've known and the 57 Chevy that you once owned we were young and so far from home in a place that we had never known but we were happy and scared and so alone Made a pact that very night Amid the panic of a firefight To get together when we got out of here we meet in Philly and I buy you beer But that never happened We got so close in such a very short time what was mine was yours and what was yours was mine You always shared the packages you got from home A can of Spam, some Kool-Aid, a plastic cold man So much to hear from home months down and six to go it won't be long now before it's time to go we'll be standing on the corner in our old hometown gassing up that chevy just to cruise around it's gonna feel so good to be back in the world i'll finally see my family and my favorite girl now that ever mattered That was 24 years ago Why things happened that way I don't really know But here I am staring at your name Standing at the wall in the pouring rain The tears won't stop and I can't see clear But here I am holding on to two cold beers Welcome home to you my brother On a bunker in the evening breeze We sat and talked and watched the trees We talked of home and the girls we've known And the 57 Chevy that 
You're listening to Radio Catskill. On air, online, on your smartphone, and on your smart speaker. Well, it's Radio Catskill. We're getting ready for Retro Cocktail Hour coming up. But we just got done with Let's Talk Vets with Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg. Another phenomenal program. And why am I even mentioning it? It's because I happen to be here on a Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. And why I happen to be here? Because it's still our fun drive. It's still our spring fun drive. We still need to raise those funds. So we're looking for you to help us out with that. Where's the after party? The after party. I don't know. I heard Donald Fagan's going to be playing. There you go. This is good stuff, man. <laughs> I figured yeah. you'd like this. Yeah, beautiful. 845-482-4141. Call now. Doug, Doug's all around. He's ready for the after party. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be lucky if I make it out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Might well, as well just stay here for tomorrow. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, listeners. And uh, 845-482-4141 or wjffradio.org, where you can also pick up podcasts of this program. You can also get them on Google or... Any place else you get your podcast. So um, thank you for that. And if you go to WJFFRadio.org, go to WJFFRadio.org. You click Donate Now. That takes you to our fundraising page. And when you go to the fundraising page, you can see um, the progress that we've made towards the fund drive so far. You'll see that we have a long way to go to meet our goal. We've only got a few days to do it. That's why we need to hear from you at 845 845- Four eight two four one four one. The other thing I want to direct your attention to: you go to wjffradio.org, you click donate now. You see the progress we made so far. Scroll down a little bit, and there's all these little links to. Uh, there's one for every show that we got on the schedule, and you can type in the search to search for your favorite show. I'm just going to type in the word vets because that's in the name of one of my favorite shows. I type that in, actually hit the search button, and then Doug Sandberg's. Uh, um, Let's Talk Vets fundraising page pops right up. And from there, there's links to share this on Twitter, on Facebook, things like that. Uh, uh, 845-482-4141 to donate. Or like we're saying, even if you've already given, you can go there. You can share Doug's fundraising thing. We we got a we got a uh, pledge before, and we forgot to mention it. Acknowledge Did we? It. Yeah, you remember? No. Yeah, which one, me, I mentioned Star, and uh, was it which one? And Van and Leora, was there somebody oh, else? Oh, you did? Yep. Okay, you got, the, you got all those. Yep, that okay. was heading into the local edition, but you know, we haven't heard from anybody since then. The, two, so. the $200 one, we acknowledged that. Yes, correct? yes, yeah. we did. Okay. And we, we said we made the challenge. We yep. thanked the generous yep. challengers. Uh, but but we didn't, you know, you, we haven't heard from anybody during your show. No, no. And we didn't hear from anybody during my show. Yeah. Well, so... That makes us even. Yeah, that's We're it. We're equally popular. <laughs> you can change that in a heartbeat while we're still in the building. We're about to get out of here, but you can still call 845-482-4141 to make your donation. Go to WJFFradio.org. Support your favorite programs there. If you don't have anything to give, we thank you for listening. Spread the word. That'll help us, too. WJFFradio.org. Doug, thank you so much for coming out here tonight. Great show, as always. Thank you, Jason. Good night, y'all. This station, for me, in the last couple of years, has been a lifeline. When things were very dark, you could turn to WJFF, both for you know national coverage, but more importantly, WJFF stepped up with local programming and really let us know what was going on in our area what kinds of resources were available, what kinds of contributions we could make, what people were doing, and it helped solidify an already strong community and make a lot of our community connections really public. And no other station could do that, right? It's got to be a local station like WJFF. So uh, I'm really grateful that the station is in my life, and I hope that you will support it. We've heard from so many of your neighbors. Now we need to hear from you. Give now before the fun drive ends at WJFFradio.org. Hi, I'm Patrice Robayo, news producer and co-host of The Local Edition on Radio Catskill. Every weekday, we keep you connected to the community issues that matter to you. 
We talk to local officials, businesses, organizations, and your neighbors about what's going on in our own backyard. Your donation makes the local edition as well as other homegrown programs possible. So please, donate to Radio Catsco by going to wjffradio.org. Thanks. Well, thank you, Patricio. Thank you, Jason Tugan. Thank you, Doug Sandberg. Thanks to all of our volunteers here that make it happen. Thanks to the staff and thanks to listeners like you. We've been able to keep this station going for 32 years.